Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. On today's episode, we read both from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go and ACA Strengthening My Recovery. First passage is Accepting Ourselves. While driving one day, a woman's attention focused on the license plate of the car ahead. The license read, Be Who You Are. How can I? She thought. I don't know who I am. Some of us may have felt confused when people encouraged us to be ourselves. How could we know ourselves or be who we are when for years many of us submerged ourselves in the needs of others? We do have a self. We're discovering more about ourselves daily. We're learning we're dis- deserving of love. You know, a couple comments on this uh, paragraph. Um, yeah, I think that's why writing and specifically for me, the steps have been really and will continue to be a vital and central part of my life because it's really getting back to me and rediscovering who I am. And that really can't be done in the thinking. Um, you know, I was just having this conversation with someone earlier today about you know, how I believe that I can only have one thought in my head. And if that one thought is on someone else or it's a negative thing, it, it, it makes things more difficult. It seems the minute that I can write, the minute I can get more ideas on paper, the minute that I can really establish pros and cons. Um, you know, and also, the, you know, the title here says the accepting ourselves. So just realizing that this is a, a process of getting back to me and um, I'm either moving toward that process or moving away from it. We're learning to accept ourselves as we are for the present moment, to accept our feelings, thoughts, flaws, wants, needs, and desires. If our thoughts or feelings are confused, we accept that too. To be who we are means we accept our past, our history, exactly as is. Yeah, another question that um, is important to ask is how does this serve me? And to sit in the past doesn't serve me. Um, doesn't serve my manager. It doesn't serve a lot of people. It's All I can really do is focus on the next right thing. And I can't f- find the next right thing by going on Twitter or social media. Um, <laughs> I have tools now. And that's exciting and scary um, to give myself permission. I think this notion of I don't have enough time, that comes from childhood. Um, As someone said, I have enough time, I have enough money, I have enough love. Back to the reading. To be ourselves means we are entitled to our opinions and beliefs for the present moment and subject to change. We accept our limitations and our strengths. To be who we are means we accept our physical selves as well as our mental, emotional, and spiritual selves for now. Being who we are in recovery means we take that acceptance one step further. We can appreciate our history and ourselves. Being whom we are, loving and accepting ourselves, is not a limiting attitude. Accepting and loving ourselves is how we enable growth and change. Today, I will be who I am. If I'm not yet certain who I am, I will affirm that I have a right to that exciting discovery. Today, I will be who I am. If I'm not certain who I am, I will affirm that I have a right to that exciting discovery. And, you know, that's more of that life is an adventure, a wonder. It's interesting, you know, to be curious, not 
Oh, I don't know who I am, and I'm never going to figure out. Yeah, that's not helping. All right, on to the next reading. Accepting, uh, sorry, the next reading is from Strengthening My Recovery, and it is Recovering Victim. If we overstate our wrongs and beat ourselves up, we tend to drift into an attitude of martyrdom, or we assume the victim posture. Without the loving perspective of step five, many of us would either minimize our wrongs or overstate them. By choosing the second option, we tell ourselves that we deserve the abuse for the wrongs we did, you know, not rescuing the family, for example, uh, particularly if you're the hero child. Uh, but that statement is a carryover from our childhood abuse. Yeah, I deserve peace, joy, and ease. <laughs> Everyone does, is what recovery has taught me. Um, Life's not a game. It's not a test. Or I should say life could be a game because a game implies fun. A test does not imply fun. There's no doing it right. You know, a lot of times I ask myself, you know, what scale am I being graded on? I mean, even in school, um, I don't think anybody's ever asked me on a date or a job interview, what were your grades? Um, you know, particularly graduate programs. Um, but they are impressed where I graduated from. Back to the reading. A part of us had lived with both the excitement and fear at the possibility of getting beaten up emotionally again. The feelings of helplessness was familiar because we had only felt loved when negative attention was heaped on us again and again as children. Yeah, I think this is another thing is sometimes in families where, you know, perhaps there's a caretaking environment or caretaker, um, you might only get, you know, recognition when... Um, life isn't going so well it's 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 interesting as we human beings um are human <laughs> back to the reading some of us only got attention while we we're being sexually abused or beaten we needed to believe we deserved this treatment to survive there was no other option but to lie about what was really happening in our families today we learn to accept a reality both past and present what happened to us as children was not a responsibility but what we do today is however we do not have to take abuse to right the wrongs. With the help of neutral third parties in the form of our ACA fellow travelers, we change the new rules. If others become angry, we let them take care of themselves. We choose to love ourselves and to be loved by those who have the capacity to do so. On this day, I am no longer a victim. I put myself first and make healthier choices that keep me grounded. The next reading is from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, Feelings on the Job. I'm furious about my job. Another man got a promotion that I believe I deserve. I'm so mad. I feel like quitting. Now my wife says I should deal my, with my feelings. What good will I do? He still got the promotion. Anonymous. Our feelings at work are as important as our feelings in any other area of life. Feelings are feelings. And wherever we incur them, dealing with them is what helps us move forward and grow. Not acknowledging our feelings is what keeps us stuck and gives us stomach aches, headaches, and heartburn. Yeah, it reminds me yesterday, um, there was something that had happened and it didn't necessarily lessen it, but it mitigated things, I would say, where you, know, you could just kind of close your eyes and try to figure out where in your body something was being felt. It sounds absurd and preposterous and it's probably why it's right and probably not to have contempt prior to investigation. And, you know, you can't really outthink your feelings. 
Yes, it can be a challenge to deal with feelings on the job. Sometimes things can appear useless. One of our favorite tricks to avoid dealing with feelings is telling ourselves it's useless. Wow, I just did that. (laughs) We want to give careful consideration to how we deal with our feelings on our job. It may be appropriate to take our intense feelings to someone not connected to our workplace and sort through them in a safe way. Wow, it may be appropriate to take our intense feelings to someone not connected to our workplace and sort through them in a safe way. Talk about picking up the thousand pound telephone. Once we've experienced the intensity of the feelings, we can figure out what we need to do to take care of ourselves on the job. Sometimes, as in any area of our life, feelings are to be felt and accepted. Sometimes they're pointing to a problem in us or a problem we need to resolve with someone else. Sometimes our feelings are helping to point us in a direction. Sometimes they're connected to a message or a fear. I'll never be successful. I'll never get what I want. I'm not good enough. Sometimes the solution is a spiritual approach or remedy. Remember, whenever we bring a spiritual approach to any area of our life, we get the benefit. We won't know what the lesson is until we summon the courage to stand still and deal with our feelings. Today, I will consider my feelings at work as important as my feelings at home or anywhere else. I will find an appropriate way to deal with them. The next reading will also come from Melody Beatty, and the topic is letting go of anger. In recovery, we often discuss anger objectively. Yes, we reason. It's an emotion we're all prone to experience. Yes, the goal in recovery is to be free of resentment and anger. Yes, it's okay to feel angry. We agree. Well, maybe. Anger is a powerful and sometimes frightening emotion. This it is. It's also a beneficial one if it's not allowed to harden into resentment or used as a battering ram to punish or abuse people. Wow. This might be one of the most, the coolest passages I've read there. Anger is a powerful and sometimes frightening emotion. It's also a beneficial one if it's not allowed to harden into resentment or use, step 10 anyone, or used as a battering ram to punish or abuse people. Anger is a warning signal. It points to problems. Sometimes it signals problems we need to solve. Sometimes it points to boundaries we need to set. Sometimes it's the final burst of energy before letting go. Or acceptance settles in. Melody Beatty is the best. And sometimes anger just is. It doesn't have to be justified. It usually can't be confined to a tidy package. And it need not cause us to stifle our energy or ourselves. We don't have to feel guilty whenever we experience anger. We don't have to feel guilty. Breathe deeply. We can shamelessly feel all our feelings. Let's say shamelessly, non-judgmentally including anger, and still take responsibility for her behaviors. I will feel and release any angry feelings I have today. I can do that appropriately and safely. The next reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. Topic is blame. The principles of ACA are not about blame. Ooh, this is important. Some of us may have heard that saying that a man without arms can't hug you. Our parents and caregivers were not able to give us what they did not have. The disease of alcoholism or other family dysfunction affects generations. It did not start with our immediate family. Wow, just in this paragraph alone, um, expecting hugs from someone without arms because of something that they were powerless over, of 
they being born into a dysfunctional family. And here comes the blameless and the understanding part of things. By working and living the ACA steps, we realized that we too were unable to give what we did not receive as children. We were not shown how to have healthy relationships, how to raise children, or how to avoid feeling less than. Many of us vowed not to repeat the patterns of our parents. But knowing what to do does not automatically give us the knowledge of a better way. This is our legacy, but it does not have to stay that way. We learn to focus on ourselves instead of being lost in blaming those who couldn't give us what we needed. They could not give us what they did not get themselves. Today, we are led in the direction of repairing ourselves, taking measures to erase the old tapes in our head and honoring our true self. On this day, I choose not to blame others or myself for being unable to give what was never given to me. I feel grateful knowing that I can break the cycle of dysfunction and live a better life. I feel grateful knowing that I can break the cycle of dysfunction and living a better life. You know, this is just a family disease passed around generations. And as John Bradshaw says, you either uh, transfer it down or you transform it. And uh, my vision for me is to transform it. And not only that, into positive creations of art and music. And um, it's just a better, more vitality vitality way to go through life. The final passage is from Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is our truth. Denial is the glue that holds together a dysfunctional home. Family secrets, ignored feelings, and predictable chaos are part of a dysfunctional family system. As we celebrate our willingness in ACA to look at the difficult parts of our lives, we can find ourselves surrounded by those who deny our reality, perhaps in the same way they always have. It can be family members who say, I don't remember it that way, or it wasn't that bad. We're still alive, aren't we? Or it can be, we thought, or it can be people we thought were friends saying, can't you just live in the now? Why do you even have to think about this stuff? Wow, I've heard that again and again and again. Sometimes I wonder why I even read other books. They're not useful, <laughs> at least to this person. Um, yeah, I heard that. Or, you know, there's a family in, you know, in, in a, you know, country or we're in the 1% of living. It's like, yes, feelings are feelings. It's like, what's my favorite thing? Feelings are not facts. Yes, we know that, but feelings are feelings and suppressing feelings has led in many cases to horrendous, horrendous consequences. People acting out their anger towards people when it was actually related to family system type stuff. Hello, that's why internal family systems exist. These messages can be powerful and can often temporarily convince us we're on the wrong path. But when we look inside, we know what we feel and we know the impact of our childhood. We know we felt fragmented and crazy inside, trying to figure out what was wrong with us. We know that we want something better. The promises of ACA are what we want. You know, some of them we learn to expect, we learn to play and have fun in our lives. We Gradually, with our higher powers' help, we learn to expect the best and get it. We discover two identities. The promise, going back, those are just some of the promises off the top of my head. Uh, the deniers in our life often give, can't give us anything but more pain. This is why we choose to separate from them, I think more emotionally, and continue to make room for recovery. On this day, I will listen to what's in my heart and know that I'm on the right path. I will no longer listen to those who want me back in my old role that makes me, makes them more comfortable. And, uh, you know, I just understand the importance of fellowship here. 
And that concludes this episode. Um, just really enjoyed and really just so grateful for um, spiritual literature out there that has addressed my issues in a way. It's not a transactional thing. Uh, it's a spiritual thing. And every day I get to learn what that really means. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to love myself, to pause because that's where God is, and to feel my feelings.